What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 133 of the Half Gen Podcast. I am here with one of my favorite people in the whole world. Uh, no, it's not Ross. No, it's it's not Nate. It's not Will. Stop guessing wrong. It's Nat. I mean, if they know, they should have known. They should have known right off the bat. Because you, you knew what it was when you signed up. You knew. You should have known from the start. This is what you get. Just saying. Um... You know what? I, I I know we want it to be a surprise, and I understand. I was, but I I was going to spoil it already. Oh, okay, yeah. So uh, I just, was going to so say everybody knows. Teaser okay, that, that, to later. We sold, not the fuck out, the fuck up. <laughs> so keep on we listening. <laughs> keep on listening. It's coming. We're, we're trying something today. Um, we're gonna see how it works. I don't know how it's gonna work. If you guys promise mid-roll. to listen and give us feedback, we will make a commitment to at least once a month switch up the ads. So oh, by yeah, time the end of the year, we'll have a, a a log of ads that we'll swap in. If you guys have a particular favorite, you know maybe we throw one in every now and then. We'll try to make the well, ads feel less ad as possible. If if we get enough listens and these ads are successful, other ads, other advertisers are going to target our podcast and say, hey, can you talk about our stuff in your particular brand of speech and ridiculousness? And we'll be like, yeah, for money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for the bread. For the bag. We, we said it. Ross and I said it. This is the year that Half Gen is going to start paying for itself. Listen. We're, we're, we're trying it. We're going to, we're, we're going to have the mid roll ad. I think it'll be fun. We, we have our own brand of how we're going to do this. Um, I think it'll be fun. And don't be afraid. If you feel like our stuff is getting too corny or too cookie cutter, call us out. So if yeah. you don't tell us, we won't know. Yeah. Hit me up on Twitter at nightmare CV, but uh, or you could be here. When we record it, because we record it live on Twitch, including the ad, we recorded that live. Twitch.tv slash NightmareCV on little, Thursdays, little sometime the between 7 p.m. and 8.30-ish p.m. is when we usually start recording, depending on whether or not Ross has internet, which tonight he did not, in the most Ross possible event to happen in 2020. Well... Also, raise your hand if you're surprised. Put your hands down. These ads couldn't have come at a better time personally. You know why? Because maybe if we get some money coming in, your boy Nat has the time window has extended. And I need a new computer by September instead of April. So, I mean, if you want to jump into that, if you know what that means. (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk about that. That's first on the list. (laughs) Um, Guys, we are going to jump actually right into it. Um. And speaking, Ross said the same thing to me. He texted me earlier and he was like, mm-hmm. so I'm going to have a lot more time to play games. And I'm like, did he just get fired or something? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, no, it's just, uh, and I'm like, why? And he's like, cause, uh, cyberpunk got delayed. I'm uh, not so, mad at it. It's just, you know, I, I was like scheming on, I'm actually kind of relieved cause I was scheming on like, I'm going to use all my tax money. This, I'm going to do this, this, and this was to get it front loaded. Oh man, I was, was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but what I'm gonna do is make sure I have the three or four grand necessary to like. Not you don't three, need that much, but I'm I'm just saying in theory to like get everything I want out of a computer because I was gonna buy a new monitor, a new chair. I was gonna get. Okay. I was gonna do the whole works, the whole shebang. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, 
And I was going to buy, like, a, a kind of expensive graphics card. So I was like, okay, let me, you know. So here's the statement from CD Projekt Red. Uh, we have important news regarding Cyberpunk 27, 2077's release date we'd like to share with you today. Never a good start unless they're going to be like, yeah, we're moving it up because it's so damn good. Mm -hmm. uh, Cyberpunk 2077 won't make the April re release window, uh, and we're moving the launch date to September 17th, 2020. We are currently at a stage where the game is complete and playable, but there's still work to be done. Night City is massive, full of stories, content, and places to visit, but due to the sheer scale and complexity of it all, we need more time to finish playtesting, fixing, and polishing. And we want Cyberpunk 2077 to be our crowning achievement for this generation, and postponing launch will give us the precious months we need to make the game perfect. Expect more regular updates on progress as we get closer to the new release date. We're really looking forward to seeing you in Night City. Thank you for your ongoing support. And also, I also kind of like expected this to be more of a next-gen experience than a this-gen experience. So that falls in line with like my projections I made in with my your head. Expectations you know what I mean? Yeah. And like I honestly, like when they said it was coming out in April, I was like pleasantly surprised because I was like, I expect this not to come out till November, to be honest. And then when they pushed it back to September, I was like, oh, makes sense. <laughs> I wasn't even surprised. Because I got a couple of texts like, oh, your game. And I was like, eh, to be and honest, God. I wasn't expecting, like, in initial thoughts, I was like, this is a November game. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just on the subject of cyberpunk delays, uh, we also have confirmation that that multiplayer portion that they haven't talked too, too much about, uh, that was also delayed until after 2021. Mm -hmm. so any multiplayer portion of that game because they talked about it and people were like i don't know that's not coming until 2022 i mean i wasn't so, personally looking for that so i yeah. don't care either way right but um you know that's something that i thought was also just worth touching on but uh yeah cyberpunk not the only uh big name game to be delayed out of the early portion of the year uh because Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, you know, bless its heart. I, I understand. I don't, you know, I don't... It's probably for the best, because I don't know... I still don't know how I'm going to play Persona 5. Uh, but... I mean, at anyway, this point, Final that's Fantasy, on brand. Final Fantasy VII Remake has been delayed from March 3rd to April 10th, so it's pretty much like a month and a week, uh, which is totally reasonable. Uh, if it means the game is going to be better, I'm all for it. Because I just want this game to be excellent. They did also push back Avengers from May to September. Uh, so, mm, like, I feel like May was a good window for Avengers. And now pushing it back into September where Cyberpunk is now. I don't think that's necessarily a move. Uh, don't be surprised if maybe that game gets pushed to October or something like that. I mean, I think just that to give it some breathing will room. Sell just because it's Avengers and that's the brand name, you know what I mean? So yeah, like if you're not a video time, game person, like you know what I mean? That's I the game people are going to go buy for their kids. So uh, Yeah, and I respect that. I I also just feel at, at at the same time the people who are in the know about like the people who know that game is coming saw the reveal, you know, and they're kind of like, I don't know about this game, you know, it didn't have the best, like the strongest debut. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But, um, yeah, so interesting developments there, uh, as far as delays. 
Uh, I don't think any of them is especially surprising. And, yeah, I mean, that's... Man, delays. It's, it's, an, it's an unfortunate part of the industry, but at this point, like, I would rather the games be delayed uh, than come out bad. Uh, man, I'd rather game be pushed ugh. back a couple months instead of coming out and being ass. Or or just like or just broken enough, you know? Like I would rather a game not come out and be like just broken enough that like I put it down. You know what I mean? As I've said before, I've been especially last generation struck in with a lot of like disappointment <laughs> from games for lack of better terms. So, you know, I'll take a delay. I don't even care. I'm not even going to argue about it. I'll take a delay. Yeah. And I mean, it's not If your like delay there's... is for the betterment of my game, go ahead. Yeah, and it's not like there's not other things to play. Like, there's plenty to do no, right there's, now. No, there's not other stuff to play. coming up for games. I don't care. You know, like, <laughs> Dying Light 2 doesn't even have a release date yet. Like, there's so many games that are coming out. Like, Persona 5 Royal is still coming out in March. And I got to figure out time to play that. Because I'm going to play it freaking love that game um so do you you want to talk about some drama i mean not particularly but i'm here to listen okay i was hoping ross would be here for this one no offense well this one actually you know what this one involves drama with someone we know does it uh yeah so overwatch league has been, has seen like a mass exodus of its top casting talent uh with I multiple members left. yeah with multiple members of the casting team parting ways with the upstart esports league uh going on to do other things and it's at least one of them kind of speaking out a little negatively uh one of them did criticize the state of the game and saying that it's just not a it's difficult to cast and to stay energized. Um, another more outspoken member basically said, Hey, you know what? This, uh, this just doesn't, this isn't for me right now. Uh, and specifically the one that's relevant to us, a mutual acquaintance, uh, Malik Forte, uh, I would say friend of the site, but I don't know if he knows the site exists. Um, but mutual acquaintance of myself and Nat. I'm on uh, their Discord server, and they was asking me if I was doing anything, and I told them I write for this site, so I would assume they know it exists. All right. Well, Malik, a friend of the site. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm trying to get it out. You gotta. You, you, this is where we sell out. We're selling. We sell out. Okay. So we well, need we all said, the creds we can he get. He should know if we're selling out with his name. <laughs> I'm trying. Not with to his name, respectful. but it's just loosely adjacent to it. Friend of the site, Malik. Now nah, you got a problem to see me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Malik, go talk to my guy, Nat. Um, <laughs> he had a statement. Uh, I can speak for myself and say that after years of being part of this community, traveling the world, interacting with fans, making shoulder content, advertisements that ran on national television, and lots of hard work, I was expecting a little more than what was proposed for 2020. I guess they didn't think I was worth what I asked for. So we never reached a number that made sense for me to continue on. And I feel like that in a, in a lot of it is like the sentiment that's being shared. In this case, it's a lot of people not getting the deals they're looking for while also the game itself being in this weird flux and also Blizzard itself being in this weird flux. 
remember this year that season three of Overwatch League, they are playing home games in their respective countries. So we're there's travel to the U.S., to Europe, to China, you know, to Korea. So there's a lot of travel on the docket. Yeah, and a lot of these people, like a lot of these well-known, well-respected faces in gaming, let alone esports, uh, kind of all stepping away around the same time does not bode well for your league. At least if I not say wrong. so, you know, from my from my eyes, you know. I mean, and realistically saying, like realistically speaking, who do you know actively plays Overwatch nowadays? Man, I every time I say I want to get back, I was putting like, respect on their name because my dog Malik worked there, but nah, fuck all that. <laughs> oh man, hold you, be not selling out. We selling up. Groot, uh, Groot, you got <laughs> questions at any point, man. You just ask. Like if, you, if we're talking about something, remember, guys, you can watch the podcast live. We're recording, and Groot's over here. Like I'm waiting to ask some questions. Groot, ask your questions, man. Feel free, be involved, love it. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know what the hell the future of Overwatch League is. Like, do you wh- know what, what the future of Overwatch is? Well, Overwatch 2. (laughs) Overwatch 2 is the future of Overwatch. PvE and PvP. Like, that game is going to get a second chance at life with Overwatch 2. But, like, with this, like, this is their big, like, esports initiative. Like, this is the big money maker that people paid, like, $50 million to get a franchise. You know? It's like they have people under contracts on salaries and stuff. And, like, this league sounds like it's falling apart. And the viewership probably isn't all the way there either because, like... Overwatch has been in kind of a boring place in the last couple of years. Crazy enough. I think it's been in a worse place for more than most of the time that it's been in existence. Pretty much since Brigitte. As far as I'm concerned, that's when I fell off of the game. Mm-hmm. So we do. Uh, I mean, I guess this, this kind of does fit in with, uh, you know, with what we're talking about, but, um, Groot was saying, do we have a problem with games, with how games don't feel new anymore? I mean, like, I know a lot of people that do have that problem. Personally, I do not. I'm in the same boat as you. I feel like games capture a certain spirit, and then when the luster of that spirit wears off, then maybe they should try to innovate in a similar way to capture that feeling people enjoyed when they first played. But, like, I could speak as a game right now that I didn't think I was going to enjoy. And I bought it and I really liked Pokemon. I bought Pokemon. I didn't think I was going to like it. And they did just enough to keep it fresh, but it's still Pokemon and what I love about Pokemon. So I've had it for... Not even a week yet, and I'm like all my Pokemon are level forty. If that means anything, you're already to further anyone. than me. I just I just got a bunch of mine to thirty. I mean, I but this is coming from somebody my, who my used Gyarados. to EV train and competitively battle with friends and stuff. I used to do the most in Pokemon, so there's a lot of like quality of life improvements for like the hardcore crowd, and so Pokemon got my money. But you know, yeah, I don't like. I think. I don't what think it it's... really comes down to nowadays mm-hmm. is like I think the way games are portrayed is different. Like games are 
so much more than the gameplay now. Because I feel like we're finally at a point in games where it's like a good story or a good setting or just a good idea, a creative vision is enough to overcome other obstacles. Where like in the PS1 or PS2 area or era, if your game is shit to play, that's pretty much all it was, right? Mm -hmm. Because all you're doing is reading text on a screen. You know, there's no... You don't have the same engagement as you do now, where you have like elaborate cutscenes and things like that. And, you know, for some people, that's part of the problem is they don't like seeing stuff like that. And then, you know, take a game like Overwatch. Their answer to their stagnating community is let's add these PvE elements. Let's add these story elements to the game that, you know, haven't been in the game so far. And I think that's cool, and I think that is something that, you know, at least in the case of Overwatch, is going to reinvigorate Overwatch and keep that game relevant far beyond Overwatch League, which I feel like is probably a season away from maybe folding. I was going to say, even more so than characters, they need more maps, because I feel like once people figure out maps, it doesn't become fun. Especially in that game where I just feel like once you don't know maps, the team that knows everything is just going to dominate immediately. Then it becomes yeah. not fun. And you just get pressed in one zone. But what I, what I would say to you, Groot, uh, based on like, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, what I would say to you is step out of your comfort zone. What a lot of people do is they get in this certain comfort zone and they're like, hey, this is the type of game I like. This is the type of game I'm going to keep pursuing. Like, I like first-person shooters. So I'm just going to keep playing first-person shooters. And if you're looking for a ton of innovation in shooters, you're not going to find it all the time. I would but, say you know, I would it, say that's not... I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say I necessarily agree with that. And I don't, I'm only cutting you off just because I didn't want well, you like to I get said, too far. Like I said, it's not going to be all the time. Uh-huh. What I would say is, like, especially with their type of game, you can... If you like a certain type of game, you just have to come to terms with this. If if I'm limiting myself to this type of game, I have to expect that there might not be that much innovation in it. But Dusha, what I was going to ask you is, can I write a very subjective article on Half Gen? And where, if I did, write, listen, where would it you, be put on? If and I know this me, is Nat nah, TM twenty nineteen. Can write. I write an article and never happens? But you had <laughs> me at I want to write. Like you're done. It's it's done. It's published. Okay. I want to write you're a good. flow chart. Of Nat's personal why he doesn't play a game. So anytime Go anybody wants something, they can just refer to this article where it's just like, is a game fun? Yes or no? If it's no, Nat's not playing it. And it's just like flow charts. And then <laughs> Yo, do it. Hundred percent. I'm all about it. I think it'd be funny. And then like, is this game fun with friends? Yes. Does this game annoy Nat? <laughs> no, he's not playing it. <laughs> like just simple stuff like that. Like Yeah, I, I don't know. Like funny I, I really chart. do think like I really do think it's easy to fall in the traps and like, especially like honest to God. And I kind of, I fell into that. It's especially true when you get stuck in the triple a space. And what I mean by that is like when you're jumping from like big release to big release, what happens sometimes is you don't take the time to appreciate the game that you're playing right now because you're already looking to the next game. And you're constantly chasing that high of, I want to play the next best thing. And eventually that wears off. And then you're just going from game to game to game out of obligation. And that's why, you know, it's been, 
I hate to to bring it back to this, but that's why it's been refreshing to spend as much time as I have with a game like Destiny is because Destiny is consistent. It's growing, it's expanding, but it's the same game and I've come to really appreciate that game. But that also helps because then when I take a break and I really get into something else, when I play a game that is totally not Destiny and I'm like, yo, this game is great, it makes me appreciate that game more and then when I go back I'm refreshed in Destiny you know and then I'm like hey you know what everything that kind of felt like it was wearing out it feels fresh again you know because there's been an update or there's been something or I just haven't played it in a little while and it feels good to come back to it's a comfort zone like you gotta have your comfort zones but you also need to be open-minded and you need to understand that like hey I'm not always going to like one of my favorite games ever uh, is a game called Gone Home. And it's a first-person, narrative-driven game. And there's no combat, there's no nothing, you just walk around, you can open drawers, you can pick up pens and stuff, and like, oh wow, this is very detailed, 1995 pen. And you put stuff down. But it told this story, and it just had an atmosphere about it, that was just so captivating. And like, from that moment, or e- even before that, a game called Dear Esther, which was a game based on a mod for Half-Life. And it was just like, it's it's one of those kinds of games that popularized the walking simulator. I don't like that term because I feel like it's, I know it's being embraced now, but it felt, it was rather derogatory It was just more narrative-based games. Like- I think it's just a narrative adventure game, you know, first-person narrative game, you know, something like that. But people called them walking simulators because they're like, that's all you do. Um, well, there's the, like, there's a way to do it. And some of those games are very experimental in like the early stages where they didn't know. But like now there are a lot of games like that where like Firewatch, a, for example, yeah. it rewards you for exploring. You know or, uh, what I mean? Franchise genre. Yeah, no, yeah. A, absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's well treaded territory now, you know, to, to mm-hmm. stick with the, the meme there. Um, but like that game was just so like emotionally enthralling for me. And, like, I was just on the edge of my seat trying to think, oh, my God, is this what happened? Is this what happened? Is this what happened? And it's one of those games that when it finally happened and it finally ended, I just sat back in my chair and I was just like, okay, that was nuts, you know? Sorry for blowing into my mic like that. Um, But it was just one of those things that I was like, whoa, I need to take a second to think about what I did. Journey is another perfect example. There's these games, and a lot of these games, they come from smaller teams. They're not the AAA, you know? They're they're games that kind of come out of nowhere. So I feel like gaming requires a little bit of, like, spontaneity, you know? You got to be willing to kind of go with the flow. And The White Door. That's a perfect example. It's the first game I reviewed this year. Uh, It's made by a developer I had seen before, uh, but I'd never played any of their games. And something about this one, (coughs) excuse me, just looked right. Uh, I'm going to hold the Halo stuff. Nat's not, no offense, Nat. Nat's not the guy you want to have us have this conversation with. That's me and Ross. Uh, Halo, we're going to say for... I like like Halo. I just haven't I know, but I got to save this for Ross. You know. Mm -hmm. You know. We, we, We... Halo is a dangerous game because Ross and I will do a whole two-hour podcast just talking about Halo. Um, I need I need my guy. I need my 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 my, my Spartan brother. Um, and that's my other Spartan brother. Should be the three of us. Um, but yeah, I, I I guess the the long the long answer to your question is all of that. But yeah, like if you feel like gaming is getting stale, 
Go out of your comfort zone. Find something that looks really interesting. It doesn't even need to be an expensive game. Buy something that's on sale. Play something on Game Pass. Game Pass is one of the best things to ever happen to games because you don't have, you pay that upfront charge and everything is available. Just take a chance on a game, you know? Hey, this game looked cool. I never bought it. Let me try it. And like a game like Void Bastards, I played that on there and I was like, hey, game's not for me. I didn't feel bad about it because it was on Game Pass, you know? Try try stuff out. Go crazy. Get out of your comfort zone, you know? Um. So, we're gonna go... I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go wherever you want to go, man. I know. I'm trying to decide how I want to flow this. Uh, you know what? Nat, you like, you like some PUBG, right? Uh, the, the Battle Royale genre, right after Tetris 99. And uh, I, I like the Forza Battle Royale low-key. PUBG is, is there. Top Okay. Three. So PUBG is about to begin its sixth season. And they have a new map that they're testing. It's a two-by-two. Two. It's a 64-player map. It's the smallest map they've made yet. Mm, sounds like and fun. It's, it's crazy enough that it's almost got me thinking about installing the game again. And There was a test ugh. server they had that it's was It's on two the test two. server. Yeah, no, it's on the test server right now. Okay. Yeah. But that was like a long time ago. Yeah, so this one is going to be coming to the main game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this ends up playing out. Um, PUBG, okay. PUBG, you know what it is about PUBG as as opposed to like Apex or something? All those other games, as weird as it sounds, are more... Are more so based in gunfire and like gunplay, and while that's cool and all, I have a lot of fun with the tension and like none of those games can replicate the tension of PUBG for me. I get that. the The thing that gets me with PUBG, honestly, is just like that game feels so old at this mm-hmm. point. Like that game, it just feels like everyone else has passed it by. Because mm-hmm. like I like I can appreciate the tension and stuff, and it meant more. Back when that was, like, still the uh, arguably the biggest game in town. But then, like, you know, with games like Apex, just, like, livening things up a bit. Keeping them a little fresh and making making the game just feel better. A game like PUBG feels almost archaic in, in a weird way. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't click with me like it used to. Which is a shame, because I really did like the game a lot. But, uh, I don't know. Uh, speaking of games with tension, though, there are two collections of games um, that are coming to Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. So if you are looking for more games, the Metro Redux collection, which includes Metro 2033 and Metro Last Light, is coming to the Switch. Uh, and the Bioshock collection is also allegedly... So Metro is confirmed... This is still a rumor for Bioshock, according to a ratings leak. Uh, Didn't Bioshock, Bioshock just one, get HD or something? Well, that was relatively... Re- yeah, there was a remaster collection in 2016. Um, hmm. I've seen so, a bunch of people playing it recently, which was like, why is everybody playing Bioshock now? Yeah, 
So Bioshock, Bioshock 2, and Bioshock Infinite were part of that collection, and it sounds like they're going to be coming to the Switch, which would make sense because all of those games were also on the 360 and PS3. It would make sense why you would do that. Before we get into anything, can I say also, you, it's weird that now that I'm playing Pokemon, it gives me a reason to bring my Switch around. And the only other game that would probably make that happen is Animal Crossing. Like, Until bring it out of my house, because for the most part, the rest of the games, I feel more like a home experience. Like, even though I like Fire Emblem a lot, I feel like I get into some weird conversations where people are looking over my shoulder, and I'm like, mind your business. You know what I mean? Yo, I, I'm, I completely get you. Like, honestly, I play my Switch so much more docked. Like, it barely mm. leaves the dock ever. I don't know what it is. Uh, as I, much I as play I play games. I play mostly on the train. Yo, but, but like, at, for granted, I don't have a commute. Mm-hmm. But, like, for as much as I do play games, when I'm out of the house, I almost never play games. Mm-hmm. Like, when I'm here, that's what I'm doing. I'm playing games. I'm either on my PC or I'm on my console. I'm doing something. I got the TV. I got the setup for it, right? But when I'm out, I am not playing games. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll bring my Switch sometimes. Like, oh, I'm going to be in a car ride. But I would rather talk to my friends and things like that, you know? And it's like, I, you know, I don't want to be the guy who puts on headphones. And it's like, well, I'm going to just fucking sit here and play my Switch. Um, you know, I, I, I talk to my friends. We listen to music. We do things like that. And so, like, it, that's why I'm kind of really hoping that Switch Pro becomes a thing. And that it's just like, I, I would be totally okay if it's just a home console. Um, nah, I wanted to, I, I got, I personally, if they do, I need it to be the same thing, just better because I get so much burn out of it. And like, I'm like so many people just come, come like, is that new phone? Like, I, I'm surprised at how many people ask me, what is that? Like, it doesn't yeah. say it in big ass letters on the back. Well, there's a lot of people who are out of touch with video games. Mm-hmm. No, uh, for sure. But <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm surprised at how many people are like, you know what I mean? Like, I know what you mean. Are intrigued by it, like, cause like I feel like when I had my Vita, people were intrigued. It's like, oh, that's a Game Boy. Like they didn't care. But with the Switch, they're like, oh, that's a big. Sc-. Like it's they, it's always comments. I mean, it also probably helps that I have Vault Green or Yellow fucking controllers. But yeah, uh, Groot wants to know if we think Borderlands should be on the Switch. Also, uh, I think that is the optimal way to answer questions on the podcast instead of respond because like this way you're announcing it right away and not like read i think that the way you just did it was perfect and yeah man i just got to give the compliments while in the moment thank thank you i don't even know what i did different but thank you well before <laughs> you was like well groot and then said his question this time you said you announced the question while bringing it up in conversation which I yeah like no the last prime. one it was just kind of a thing where it was like I know we're breaking the he, fourth he wall the, here he, again. He, he asked the question. Like, we just told him to ask the question, mm-hmm. and then he did it. And I was like, oh, yeah. I got to I gotta answer this one. This um, You should ask the question again because I got caught so caught up in the execution. No. <laughs> I was mesmerized. He's giving those props. Um, but, yeah, uh, Groot wants to know if we think uh, Borderlands should be on Switch uh, because it would be a great offline shooter, and you could still play it co-op. I absolutely think... Borderlands should be on Switch. I think if Warframe Borderlands could be on Switch, would, I think Borderlands could be on Switch. Borderlands uh, would Warframe, be the right? optimal yeah. game for Switch with the like, especially as loot based as it is. I don't know about the newest one just because like I haven't played it, but at least my memories of Borderlands Two that would be a really fun I game think for they Switch. Could bring, they could bring the Handsome Collection to Switch. 
But the, the question is, do people still want to play the old Borderlands games? And to that, I, think, I would say no. I would say I unless they, you're bringing three, it's probably not worth it. I I mean, if but like I said, I don't know how that like works. You know what I mean? If it's the same like loot based game. I feel like on Switch that would be good. Like I've seen people play like Diablo on Switch together, but like Diablo. But Diablo, the difference is Diablo. It runs well, mm-hmm. and the the issue is like, did you ever play Borderlands Two on Vita? No, it was I real haven't. bad. It was real bad. I had that. Mm-hmm. It was real bad. Um. So the question is one: Can you get Borderlands Three to run on a Switch? The answer right now is probably no. And then it just becomes, can you get the old ones? Probably. But do people really want those? Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Do people want those games? I said they probably the won't be number one sellers, but I feel like the small group of people that, and, and the, like to answer this question, do I, would I want it? Borderlands 2 with all the DLC on Switch, I feel like would be a good sell. Just because like me and my friend JP and my friend Raymond all played those games together. And I could see a way where, like, we're on a road trip or something, and we all stop to play Borderlands. I could see that being a fun time. Yeah, I, I like I said, like I, I think if you did it, you would have to do like the handsome collection type thing. So you'd probably do like Borderlands Two, Borderlands, like the pre sequel, like double thing. Maybe you throw Borderlands One in there. But like, if you're gonna release it at sixty dollars, I don't see it. So I got That's two recanted statements from our. From our podcast era, like our end of the year podcast, I think Risk of Rain would be great on Switch. Absolutely. 100% should come to Switch. That would be fantastic. That would be a game that local, like co-op, like would be amazing. And there's so many other great games like that already on Switch. Like, why not have another one? I'm waiting for Hades on Switch. That game on Switch. Oh my god. Yeah, that that would be really good. That. I think they should port all of their stuff. I think Supergiant should port everything to Switch. Yeah, I like Transistor a lot, and I feel like that'd be fun on Switch as well. Yeah, see, a Nintendo Network thing. Groot Groot was saying like, do that? Would they have a Nintendo Network server thing? Like you pay, you know, X amount per year, and like you have it everywhere you go. Um, they have an online service. But it, like to to provide that as like a cellular data thing, maybe with five G, maybe. But like not right now, it's just not feasible. Honestly, like there's just there's no reliable way to get that done. You know. Um, but yeah, Borderlands, there, you could make it work. I would question if it would be worth it. Um. Uh, speaking of, is it worth it? Um, Google Stadia. <laughs> you like that segue? Um, I mean, it was pretty clean. <laughs> Google Stadia is promising ten timed exclusives in the next six months. That's annoying. so. Yeah. Uh, so by just July, Google has the money to shed out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm happy for those devs, but nobody's going to play that shit. They said that they're going to have 120 games added to the service during 2020. Uh, and it will. They will also have the free tier, the 1080p tier of it. Um, 
but you know, it, it's Google is. I think the important thing right now is that Google is not shying away from the rough start uh, to Stadia. I think what they really should come back with is like, hey, we're updating a lot of these games to be more of what you expected them to be, and you know, we are. You know, we are working to improve the service. Here's what we're doing. I think they need to give tangible, like, here's how we're improving our service updates rather than mm-hmm. just games. Because, like, at a certain point, you know, having more games doesn't necessarily do anything if the service, it's if there's no faith in the service itself. You know what I mean? I get that. But, um, we'll see what happens. I don't know why... I was confused because when I looked at this link, it said something about Anthem, and I was like, "What? What about Anthem?" And I think it might have just been like They're another article. Fixed they had Anthem or as a timed exclusive. Yeah, right. <laughs> Anthem streaming exclusively on Google Stadia. <laughs> also, side note, Pokemon. I like actually thought a lot of new Pokemon was going to be really dumb. Like a majority of them, actually, it's more like 50-50. 50 50-50. 50% of the new Pokemon are really fucking stupid looking, but the other 50% are like some of the coolest looking Pokemon I feel like ever. Yeah, they, they actually did a pretty good job this time. Props to like, them. Aside from the school shooter starter, um I'm sorry, what? <laughs> the water type looks like a school shooter. He has a gun. Uh-huh. <laughs> and his final evolution is just like lanky, like emo. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. The joke on the internet is the third evolution of the water type is a school shooter. And as the, I normally pick water type except for that dumb seal in this one. I picked the grass type this time. I picked the grass type as well. Rillaboom is, is, he's a, he's a gangster, man. He's a thug, man. I haven't gotten to I'll roll with him. He got a big, he got a big drum. Yeah, man, I'm hype. Yeah, they're getting, um, they're getting new, like, Gigantamax forms. Hmm. The uh, I actually hate hate the gigantic battle thing. I think it's yeah, dumb. I think it's real dumb. But everything else about the game, I actually quite enjoy. Um, the bird type in this game is actually really cool. I actually really like it. Like the generic bird. Like their pigeon. Oh, 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 um, uh, uh, the one that becomes like Corviknight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Like Rookity, Rookity. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think I it looks really cool. I think every version of it looks pretty cool. Yeah, that's a cool um, Pokemon. Yeah. A, a lot of the new Pokemon. Like I got this other Pokemon. It was like a Toxic or something. And it's of all forms like cool. It was like a baby, like poison lizard electric. It's like a poison electric type. And it evolves into like this like angsty teenager with a mohawk. And he's like, it's cool. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I got a cool one. Uh, Sizzlepede. Have you seen that? I have seen that. Yeah, I like that one. One of the gym leaders uses the Evolve form as yeah, his, like, final Pokemon. I, I like that he looks like he has, like, a little mustache. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah, know, I have one of I abandoned the Pokemon. I normally don't abandon Pokemon. Like, normally the Pokemon I start with, I try to stick through with, and I abandoned one. Not, like, let him go. He's still in my box, but I was like, nah, I'm not fucking with you no more. Yeah. I got the I, Fox I Pokemon. Because it looked cool and then evolved into a fucking creepy pervert thief. I know what and you're was... talking about. <laughs> I know which one you're talking about. And then I caught Arcanine like, dude, and I was like, like, like sorry, yeah, friend. 
Yeah, I, I'm rocking Arcanine right now, and then I'm rocking. Uh, I caught Kyrgios. a I caught a Growlithe, and then I, yeah. evolved him to Arcanine. I couldn't remember yeah. that you need to give him a stone. Yeah, I gave him a stone, stone yeah. and now he evolved. And then uh, I got the Gyarados going now. I got mm-hmm. that leveling up, so I've got. Like, I haven't a gotten five, a Gyarados. Uh, my top three are like my my my. I have like seven Pokemon I I actually use. Because I got my uh, Umbreon in the box. It kept evolving to the fairy type and I was getting really mad. And then I realized I got to remove the fairy. He had a fairy type attack. And if you don't remove it, it'll automatically, no matter what you do, evolve into the fairy type. Really? Which is annoying. Yeah. You know, Umbreon and Espeon depends on the type of day. The time of day. But if you have, if you do the regular evolution by reaching a level over a 20 or whatever it is, it'll turn into the fairy type if it has a fairy type attack. Okay. Which is annoying. But that yeah, Pokemon I, have, I like. I have an Eevee. I got to get another Firestone now. Mm-hmm. So I can get a Flareon. I like my Krogunk. I caught a Shuckle and I love Shuckle. Yeah, I'm th- I, I want to get a, I want to get a cat, a whole cactus team. Because the cactus type in this game is cool. Yo, freaking Pseudo Wudo. He's cool. I love Pseudo Wudo. He's real cool. Ludicolo, Pseudo Wudo, Marktus. Like, if I get a whole out, cactus team, that'd be cool. I was grinding team. out Pseudo Wudo to level up my Gyarados before mm-hmm. the fire gym. So I just yeah. went and kept fighting Pseudo Wudos. Because I was like, waterfall, waterfall, mm-hmm. waterfall. <laughs> uh, the Clobberpuss is a cool Pokemon. Um, Rhyhorn. I like Rhyhorn. But my team right now is Rillaboom, because he's a thug, Arcanine, Ludicolo, Corvasquire, Dusclops, and, and Toxicity or whatever. That's my team right now. There's a lot of cool Pokemon. I'm, I was catching every Pokemon at first, but now I only catch the Pokemon I look cool. Yeah, I started if that it don't way, look cool, and I don't then, like, want I got it. to like the third gym, and I was like, mm-hmm. I don't care anymore. Or they're like Pokemon giving it. If just, they're just like laying down, like catch me, I'll catch them. Yeah, but like some of them are just like, ah, oh, they're breaking out so much more now, and it's like it was so like easy that cold Pokemon. That cold Pokemon is the yep. dumbest shit ever. I hate. Uh, that. I don't know. I think he looks all right. I got a ninja because I'm really hyped because that means I could get my Shedinja going. But how's and I got a slow poke with the bald team? cap. You know, no, uh, I'm gonna make a cactus team later. Okay. Right now, I'm just having a regular team. Okay. Um, I like sitting at the edge of ponds and calling over the Gyarados with my bike bell, and they try to attack me, but they can't get out the water. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird because Gyarados is a flying type. Yeah, it's That's just really funny. Weird. The Apple Pokemon is cool too. It evolves into this dragon thing. What? Cool. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and apparently, if you don't catch them in the beginning, they're really hard to catch after. Really? I never yeah. found one in the wild. Yes, if you haven't progressed yet, one. they're one. Like, so you know, like the area between the ghost type the Pokemon, isn't it? Oh, you know, in the in the wild, like in the like wild area, there's an area between the like ghost type Pokemon where Dusclops and Ghastly and stuff hang out, and where the the low where the low tads hang out and the bear pokemon and the panda pokemon between there he just like there's just like an apple sitting on the ground and you could like walk up to it okay but yeah i haven't trained mine but i've seen my friend jp's and it seems like a pretty good pokemon 
That's neat. I'll have to catch that. I think it's a grass dragon. That's nuts. Yeah, because I know it looks like an apple, but if you look at the back of it, it's a worm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that aren't what they seem, uh, GameStop looks like a company that's still out there selling games. Uh, you mean think out, Geek GameStop? Uh, <laughs> speaking of things that look like you know that that are aren't what they seem, uh, GameStop. You would think it's a video game store, but it's actually a Think Geek store. Uh, selling Funko oh, so Pops. guests, right? <laughs> <laughs> I changed my story because you were right. Uh, mm-hmm. You want to hear some crazy numbers because GameStop is apparently like at catastrophic levels of failure right now. So the company posted uh, what what is called here by Polygon uh, truly terrible results for the holiday season. Uh, that's some sa- sales were down twenty five percent. Uh, and so that's after like, they closed all the sales, that's not as low as I expected to be. Honest, well, so. well, here's the thing. So we're going to, I'm going to give you context in that. So retail, watch, according to the Polygon article, retail watchers are generally more interested in same store comparisons after closing all those other stores. Those were also down 25%. So the same stores that were doing well last year are also down 25%. Uh, For context, they put here, just prior to declaring bankruptcy in 2017, Toys R Us announced that its third quarter 2016 sales were down 2.2%, with same-store sales down 3%. Blockbuster, uh, when they filed for bankruptcy, they were down just 20%. Damn. So, GameStop is treading water. What's the word? Um... I don't know. I don't remember the phrase. But yeah, no. Uh, apparently it's awful. And they are in very rough shape. Because they are... Even their successful stores are 25% less successful. Because... And they, they... You know, GameStop is just trying to hold on at this point until new consoles come out. And then they can be like, no, it's okay. The consoles will save us. It doesn't sound like that's going to be the case. That's, that's fucked up, man. Yeah. Um... We're going to talk about some Fire Emblem now. Because can, I, can I say show. something else? Yeah. I just played Fetch with my Dusclops, and it was the fucking cutest thing oh ever. Oh my god, I play Fetch with my Arcanine, and then you talk to it, and it's like, Arcanine really loves you. And I'm like, oh my god, I love you too, Arcanine. My Ludicolo was scared that that I'm camping in the nighttime, my and you're standing right next to my Dusclops, <laughs> like, peeking behind him. And then I talked to my Dusclops, and it was like, oh, I'm having a really good time. <laughs> Arcanine was like really nervous about this girl I was camping with and I was just like why and then I'm like oh it's a girl Arcanine I'm like is she jealous I don't know what's going on like why are you so uncomfortable around this girl and she's just like I don't know just let's let's play fetch and then this Vulpex kept coming up and trying to play fetch with me and I'm like you're fucking adorable and I love you but you're not my Arcanine so please give the ball but thank you Arcanine go <laughs> you know what's also Pokemon. You know what's cool that I I low key didn't like that what you call it the like the weird corgi dog, but it evolves into like a cool t- like electric dog Pokemon. I got the other dog, electric dog. I got the other one. Not the, I have the corgi. Oh, one. electric. Yeah, or whatever. I evolved him. He looks pretty cool. He yeah, that's an older Pokemon. He's cool. Is he? Though. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't know that. Uh, hey Nat, before we get into the Fire Emblem section, uh, you mm-hmm. wanna you wanna take a quick break? There we go. Let's you do it. Go. All right, let's do it. All right, and uh, so the there it is. 
<laughs> there it is, man. There we go. It's out there. We did it. We we sold. My mom says she's really happy for we us. We sold it. <laughs> or no, we sold up. We sold up. That's you know. the title of the podcast. We're selling. We're not selling out. We're selling up. I'm putting that in there right, right now. Uh, yeah. So Fire Emblem. Uh, we got some new details on a couple things. Uh, including the new DLC that I'm very excited for. As I'm typing, trying to like do I two things at once. Party of the wildest Pokemon. My Ludicolo is just in the like far off in the background dancing around. All right, we are we are talking about another uh, game in which you interact directly with people that you care about uh, or things that you care about that are kind of a commodity at this point because there's so damn many of them. Uh, Fire Emblem. They're adding more characters. They're adding a hidden house. The Ashen Wolves. Apparently, they're all like underground. It's crazy. It's nuts. I don't understand. Um, but it's a whole new side story that's coming to the game February 12th. So I'm excited to actually get back in there and play some new Fire Emblem stuff. I don't know how they're going to make that work, but, uh, should be good. I'm very excited. There was a trailer, showed a lot of cool stuff, a bunch of new characters, new, excuse me, new classes, um, a lot to be excited about, even, even for somebody who played literally every story and, oh God, I'm going to have to do it again. (laughs) <laughs> our game of the year 2019 and it's coming back for more in 2020 uh on top of that can you guess who the next fighter is in super smash brothers is he from is he a character that you can choose the gender of yes <laughs> is he or she inkling <laughs> no no Fire is the Violet. Fire Emblem character, right? Violet, the main character from Fire Emblem. And you know how everybody is when a new Fire Emblem character gets announced for Smash. Well, um, they tend to be the most broken characters. I mean, but come on. Like, Byleth just makes sense. Byleth is probably the right choice here. Like, they can use a bunch of weapons from the game. The game did exceptionally well for them. Is popular. This character is popular. Games popular. Like, come on, it's it's fine. It's it's fine. People, calm down. It's not the end of the world. Byleth is a good character to add to Smash. I would no. I'm not going to say that. Um. But yeah, so Byleth is added. Uh, also, they announced that they're getting a couple other skins. So for the Me Fighters, uh, you will now be able to dress up as Cuphead. Oh my god. What, are you saying, oh my god, because Cuphead? Or? Uh, I'm playing with my Pokemon, my starter. Mm-hmm. And when you take out the bell and try to play with him, he, instead of chasing it now, he pulls out his drum and plays the drum to like a beat if you're playing a beat. <laughs> That's kind of cool. <laughs> um, so now, so your main characters, you could be Cuphead in Smash. Uh, you can be an Assassin's Creed character, you can be a rabbit, or you could be one of a few Mega Mans. It looks like one of them is Mega Man X, one of them is the Mega Man, like, network battle guy. Um, that Cuphead one looks real cool, I'm not gonna lie. You'd probably like it. I've seen the trailer. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's a cool thing, I thought, that, uh, that's coming. Um... 
God, there's so much stuff. Uh, we already talked about this. Okay. So we're going to get down. I, I, we're gonna, Before we get into more factual stuff, I want to address this rumor. I don't think this rumor is especially credible. It's coming from a known, uh, like a known, I've heard of the, the lad Bible. Um, this is not a out of the blue, like publication, just, you know, stirring up some rumors. This is a crazy one though. So there's a rumor right now. Uh, let me see if I can find the source again. So there's a new report from alleged insiders in the Xbox community you know, obviously no sources, because, you know, alleged, um, that the Xbox Series X may support Steam and the Epic Games Store. So the rumor is saying that the new console will have a Windows mode that allows players to switch the machine's operating system to Windows 10. Uh, from there... Is it the rumor that it's just going to be a glorified Steam box, too? <laughs> like, isn't that the rumor for a little bit? Well, yeah, so the, the rumor with this specifically is just that, like, in addition to being an Xbox console, so it's going to ha- the rumor is it has an Xbox mode where you're playing your games, you're doing your stuff, everything's great, um, and then say you want to, you know, play a PC game, and you decide, hey, you know what, I'm gonna go on, you know, I, I you know, I want to play Metro Exodus, but I have it on the Epic Game Store, so you switch over to the Windows version. You load up the Epic Game Store, you play Metro Exodus, and then when you're done, you can go back and you can play your regular Xbox games. Um, as cool as I think that would be, uh, that mm, that seems rather difficult. Like I, I don't know, because at that point, it is a PC. Yeah. You know? Well, I think that's more the market they're aiming for is. So I guess, like, if that's what they're going for, then go all out. It just doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem like something they would do, is, is, is what I'm at, I guess. I don't know. What what do you think? Is that something that you could see happening? or? No, I mean, that's what the direction they've been saying they're going in. Like, that's like the whole point they're trying to and i think that's why they're making that online one like two is to be like kind of edging on uh stadia's like place you know what i mean yeah it seems like this gener this new generation they're really like hedging their bets you know what i mean yeah i, I like and i don't blame them. that's the only reason i even like I, i'm trying to stay away from rumors when they just sound outlandish but the fact that it came from a reputable you know site and mm-hmm. things like that it was like okay there might be something to this i think it would be really cool and that would be a really good way to justify you know especially because i think these consoles are going to be a little more expensive but if you can justify and be like hey if you want to play pc games on this thing go ahead you know microsoft will be the first company to finally put a pc in the living room successfully They'll, they'll be the first company to have a solid strategy for how to get a PC on the big screen. You just put it in an Xbox. But now the next thing is going to be, you know, the issues are going to come up with like Discord and weird stuff like that. And then you know how people get weird on yeah. Discord. Like, I wish the new consoles would just come with Discord. I, do too. I just wish because that would just make my life so easy because that then, would make it easy for me to play with my friends who don't like 
computer. You know what I mean? Or just like, or just even to be in a chat, like, hey, I want to play this game on my PlayStation, and maybe I'm not streaming. I don't want my PC on, but maybe I want to talk to Nat. You know? Mm-hmm. They should just come with Discord, especially with crossplay, especially now that crossplay is a thing. And you can play with people on PS4 and Xbox and all those things. Every platform should have Discord. Discord should become well, you the know, official chat program. You know Xbox is going to try and push Skype and not no, Discord. No, you know what? They had the deal with Discord for the Game Pass. I think mm-hmm. Microsoft understands that Discord is a valuable partner. I think that's good business on their part. You know, keep Skype the way it is. I think they're kind of retargeting Skype towards business. Keep mm-hmm. it that way. And then just let discord do what discord does and if you want to be a part of it just let the you know let sony and microsoft invest in them or something and be like hey you know what we're gonna give you guys money and you know we're gonna take a part of this and then you're gonna do this thing for us but um it'll be interesting to see if if that actually goes anywhere uh that would be something (laughs) not wrong um, speaking of something, PlayStation's not going to be at E3 again this year. Yeah, they said, yeah. fuck y'all. Well, they, I don't think they're wrong in assuming that they don't need to be there at this point. I don't think the PlayStation I mean, brand Nintendo was, doesn't go. <laughs> I, I don't think the PlayStation brand was harmed last year by not being at E3. Granted, it was a kind of a down year for them in terms of, in terms of like volume of releases, but mm-hmm. you know the the PlayStation brand didn't suffer by not being at E3, especially when the biggest game at the show was exclusive to their platform in Final Fantasy VII. You know, so you know I I don't blame them. E like E3 is becoming an increasingly irrelevant show because E3 is less the show and it's more the time. Like E3, the people who care about E3 don't actually watch E3. They're watching the press events. They're watching the things that take place around E3, but they're not watching what's on the show floor, right? Everything that is consumer-facing online about E3 is E3 adjacent. So, no, I don't think Sony needs to be... Microsoft isn't even there. They have their thing at their own theater. Phil Spencer said it himself. We paid a lot of money for the theater to put our name on it, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I, it makes sense to do what they're doing. It'll be interesting, though, to see how they start to communicate more information about their console, especially considering Microsoft is already out there, or if Sony just continues to kind of just play it slow and just play their own pace. Uh, I think both of them are taking in- interesting strategies to this generation, and in, uh, you know what? It's got me a little more excited than I thought I'd be at this time last year, you know? I feel you. Uh, yeah, and the you know Microsoft has since confirmed that yeah they're definitely going to be at E three. Um, yeah, it's E three is just like hey we got a bunch of new stuff going on and a bunch of activations and programming that's going to entertain attendees and E three just sounds like it's going to go away. And I think Sony is kind of seeing the writing on the wall. And I think for someone like Microsoft, they've got nothing to lose by committing to it because they're on the board for the ESA. And then the other thing is like they have their own thing away from E3. So if E3 didn't come back next year, Microsoft would just be like, hey, well, we're still doing our thing. 
you know, you remember that time of year where everybody comes together to talk about video games. We're still doing that, you know? So they'll keep E3 in spirit, but I think E3 is becoming a, a time frame and not an event. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they, uh, yeah, so Sony, for, for their part, uh, after thorough evaluation, SIE has decided not to participate in E3 2020. We have great respect for the ESA as an organization, but we do not feel the vision of E3 2020 is the right venue for what we are focused on this year. Um, we build upon our global event strategy, or we will build upon our global event strategy in 2020 by participating in hundreds of consumer events across the globe. Our focus is on making sure fans feel part of the PlayStation family. Uh, and have access to play their favorite content. We have a fantastic lineup of titles coming to PlayStation 4, and with the upcoming launch of PlayStation 5, we are truly looking forward to a year of celebration from our fans. So that's a Sony statement on it. Last but not least, I feel like this is a game we both have mutual respect for, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, one Jason Schreier. It's going around a lot today, but you know when Jason Schreier says it, it's almost fact at that point. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is very likely coming to PC this year. That's surprising. That's really surprising. Yeah. So this news comes from three people familiar with Sony's plans, all speaking anonymously uh, because they were not authorized to talk to press. So it's not. It's an it's unprecedented for Sony. But it's not for Horizon. The reason being is because Death Stranding is coming to PC in June. Mm -hmm. Which we know. And it's built on the same engine as Horizon. Mm -hmm. So theoretically, that technology is already PC ready. And maybe this is Sony testing the waters of being like, let's see what the PC market is for our games. And maybe this is something where Sony says, you know, maybe it's not day and date. Maybe they kind of take the slow Microsoft path to get there. But maybe Which, we get to a point where Sony's like, hey, you know what? Our games come first to PlayStation, but six months to a year later, they're on PC. Which would make sense. It, would be, it wouldn't be ideal. Listen, I'm not going to sit I make here a, and say it's can ideal. Can I make a but, weird comparison? Yeah. I feel like Xbox already is much really, really conceded to the fact that they're probably never going to be the primary thing that they're looking at games as more of a service now. And instead of like that, they're going to be the console that pushes whatever. But I feel like Sony has always been, Hey, we're pushing forward our technology with these games. You know what I mean? With the introduction of DVDs with PlayStation two and Blu-ray PlayStation three and maybe so, this is them admitting that they don't really have any technology to push with PlayStation 5 because it's just going to be I, Blu-rays again. So I I agree with most of what you said up to that point. I don't think mm-hmm. it's an issue of technology. I no, think, that was just a side point right. in what I was saying. Because but, but I, I was going to bring that around to say that this is weird because it's more or less like that, like PlayStation Nintendo very much exclusive-wise can put out their own console. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If they maintain their rate of exclusivities. You know what I mean? Of exclusives. But, yeah, with them putting it on PC, I mean, personally speaking, I still planned on getting a PlayStation 5 because I was like, oh, I don't play it as much, but I still want to play the exclusives when they come yeah. out. If they're just going to come out six months later, I absolutely will not be buying a PS5. 
Yeah, so it'll be interesting. And it was also I'm sorry, cutting you off. What, again. I was just gonna say it'll be interesting to see once they clarify because remember, mm-hmm. Horizon is not a new game at this time. However, yeah, don't be surprised if they announce the sequel for PlayStation Five in short order. Don't be mm-hmm. surprised if that's a launch title. You know, Horizon yeah. Zero Dawn Two, PlayStation Five launch. That would be huge for them. Um, mm-hmm. But I was gonna say also like it's it's not not weird that Death Stranding is coming to PC. It's just there was so much oddities around Death Stranding, and then when it came out and wasn't received as well as they would like, I felt like it was more of a, oh, let's recoup some money and throw this on PC. Well, no, no, no. Sony's not publishing that. 505 Games is publishing the PC version. Okay, I didn't know that. No, no, no. Sony just published the PlayStation version. They funded a lot of the game. I imagine they'll get something from the PC version, but 505 Mm -hmm. is footing the bill to put that on PC. Um... But I, I think the thing is, what what this opens up for Sony is I think Sony is realizing that they have, and let's be real, you know, that Sony is one of the few developers that you can say this, like truly world-class development talent between Naughty Dog, Gorilla, uh, you know, Sony uh, Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. You've got these incredible, incredible talents and keeping them exclusive to one platform almost feels criminal to an extent when it's like, you'll probably still sell 10 million copies of God of War on PlayStation 4. You're not wrong, but... but what if you sold another 5 million on PC? But you're not wrong, but it's like if PlayStation sells 100 million because of all their exclusives... Who knows if that hundred million might turn to seventy five million? You know what I mean? But it's just I it's still a, does the chicken make, come before the they egg? They make more money you know on the I mean? games than they do on the console. You're not wrong. So I I, I really think it comes down to but that the, the hardware money on the console isn't also anything to scoff at. You know, what I, I mean? think the hardware is a good way to support their business, and I think the the exclusive. I think Sony's game. If Sony stopped making PlayStation tomorrow. They would be one of the best multi-platform developer publishers in the business. Hands down, I mean, no sure. question. It would be the same thing if Nintendo did it. Imagine if Zelda came to everything. It would be nuts. And that th- those games would sell better than ever before. It's also to say if they did, what would be the if they didn't, what would be the incentive for them to keep putting this effort forward if they're not getting So here, here's They're what not I'm saying. trying to support a console. Here's what you know I'm saying, what I mean? and that's why I don't think... I think Sony is still... The difference between Sony and Microsoft is Microsoft is pushing the service of games. I mm-hmm. think Sony is still a console manufacturer and game publisher, but I think what they'll probably do... And again, I don't think this is the ideal scenario. Like, I I don't think anybody wants to wait to play games on different platforms. But what they'll Mm -hmm. probably do is, hey, here's this game on PlayStation 5. Six months to a year from now, you'll be able to get it on PC. Which I think still is like... It's better than what we have right now. Mm -hmm. What I was going to say is... And here's the thing. reason I say also two things... It's going to be interesting if they start doing that. Is this Toys R Us selling all their toys online through Amazon and essentially in like encouraging their death? Or is this 
blockbuster not buying <laughs> Netflix when it came docking. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Is this one of those situations where they're kind of planting the seed for their death? Time will tell, but it's at least I, I think wise. It's... I feel like it's heading that way. But like, also, this is one of those things where can they get ahead of the ball? Because like the same thing you could say with music was when digital music came and mp3 and stuff came like most of sony's money was in hardware and not record wise and then they just took all that money from walkman and stuff and put it into record labels and made sure that they was on the publishing side of music they were doing it before just not as heavy and then once they seen walkman and stuff dying and they was like oh we're not going to be getting the heavy cut we was out of this before let's you know get more behind the creation and i feel like they have a good example of how to do that with music already and movies and stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? No, I'm not I, saying I Sony will cease to exist. I'm sure they'll figure it out. It's just, I feel like it'd be harder for a developer to be like, hey, we're going to come put our game out through you instead I, of just doing so here's the thing. 505 or something. I you think, know what I mean? I think what this does is this opens up an opportunity for Sony to expand their publishing portfolio. Because look at it this way. Look at what Microsoft's doing right now. Microsoft can say, hey, you know what? We're going to give you the money. That's why they bought a company like Obsidian. Because they're like, hey, we're going to let you put out your games just like you want to. We're going to let you make your games. You guys like to make PC games? That's great. Guess what? We make the platform that most of those games are made on. We want you to put your games on PC. We want you to put your games on our console. Why can't we have both? You know, why can't we both have what we want? And I think this opens up Sony to publishing in a sense of like, Sony has a small but incredible team of AAA developers. This gives Sony maybe a little more flexibility in terms of being like, hey, you know what? We're not afraid to publish games on PC. So, you know, what if... You know, you you can attract the From Software. What if you go to From Software and say, hey, you know what? We want you to make a new Bloodborne game, but we're not going to ask you to make it for just our console. We want you to make it for our console and PC, and we'll foot the bill for both. Suddenly, Sony becomes a more attractive destination, you know, rather than just Square Enix, you know, who traditionally mm. does that with their games. It's like, you know, like Nier Automata. Well, I was gonna say, and then eventually they go to, like, Xbox and things I was going like to say, if... The other thing is, also, like, if this does happen, the thing is, you're going to see a Sony storefront on PC. It's not just coming to PC no, it'll and come they're to handing Steam. over their games. I'm saying, like, even if the first few start coming to Steam, I'm, I feel like it's inevitable that they'll put their own storefront so, no, out. And no, no. I, I, I don't agree with that. I think that's suicide. Uh, be. What they need to do, I think it, the only reason Sony would make a move like this is if they were getting a good deal on it. Whether that's the Epic Game Store, whether that's, you know, you know whether that's uh, uh, a Steam. I think, a, I think people would be more excited to download a Sony no. store Nobody's with excited to download, Xbox Game Nobody wants Pass to download the Epic deal. Game Store. I know, but people don't have that same stigma towards the Xbox Game Store or whatever the yeah, fuck they okay, want to call so, it. Yeah, okay, so hold on. Other side of that. You're a PC player. You've always been mm -hmm. playing PC. And now Sony wants to come out and give you all their game, but they want you to download their thing to do it. And then you have to buy their games at their prices. But when their you put the audience, game on Steam, there are expectations the that Their come audience with that. isn't those people. Their audience is the people 
who was already no, 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 a PlayStation no, no. person Sony growing is, up. No, this is not a move to get. This is not a move to appease me. This is not something mm-hmm. that they're doing for me, who's already invested in PlayStation. This is a move to get the next X million players. This is the mm-hmm. difference between a game selling 10 million copies and 15 million copies because they're getting 5 million. For I mean, PC this is all now. speaking hypothetically, and I think more I, so I think than you have like, to like, put this look on Steam. back on this conversation. And I'm saying the first initial games will come to Steam to do another storefront saying, would be foolish. I'm saying, don't be surprised if they do come out with another storefront I with an Xbox Game surprised. Pass style style thing, where it's like, oh, all oh, it's not only on there, but all of our games are there for this install price, and check out all these games we have from X amount no, of years. I, I you know don't, what I, mean? I don't think Sony is going to do that. I think they might do something. They're going to do something with PlayStation now that is going to grow definitely. I think. But what you're talking about with, the, like, a storefront, I really, like, PlayStation Now is one thing. If you're talking about a streaming service, I agree. Yes, eventually they're going to put that out. And maybe they let you buy the game and stream it however you want. Maybe that's part of it is, like, hey, buy it on PlayStation, stream it to your PC, you know? I don't think they're going to do, like, cross-buy and things like that, like Microsoft is doing. But I this they are not going to put out a storefront. I don't, Sony does not put out enough games to justify it. It would be just like Blizzard having a storefront. It's worthless. With the, unless you are heavily invested in Warcraft, Starcraft, or at this point, Call of Duty, there is no point in having Battle.net installed on your PC. Sony is going to stick to Steam. They're going to stick to the Epic Game Store. And what they're probably going to do is they're going to just sign deals. And they're going to be like, hey, you know what? Let's negotiate this cut a little bit. You know, and I think they have the clout where they can be like, hey, you know what? We have a platform that we are very happy to sell these games on. But if we can work out a number, we can, we can everybody can be happy. I'm not saying this, this is like revenue. a, a we'll get next this revenue. year We're all thing. Good. But, like, I'm just saying, don't be surprised. If I will like, be very I, surprised. I, I'm just saying, we could, yeah. not, we could not disagree on this less. <laughs> so good. But we should definitely wrap this up, though. Because I need to take a shower. Oh. Unless you have something else that's dire. Uh, no, just, you know, excited to see Horizon come to PC. I hope it's sooner than later. Especially with everything I mean, getting pushed I out. I don't particularly care because I already have it. I'm excited to see people play it. Yeah, I mean, I I just like to see it at sixty FPS. I probably will not buy it again, but you know, I'm excited to see people enjoy. Do I feel like Respawn, EA, and Dice have been failing a lot last year? Uh no, I think they're fine. I think it's just growing pains. Respawn has probably had the best year of their existence. Probably. Last year. I mean, this is easily the most successful game they've ever put out in Apex. And they put out two games last year, aside from Apex. They put out something else, right? Oh, yeah, and they put out Star Wars, duh. Yeah, yeah no, I wasn't really even thinking about that. Yeah, year. no, a, 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 Respawn had the best year they could have possibly had. They've uh, had the best year in their existence since they the, are the jump uh, ship. Respawn to, did not yeah. do Anthem. That was BioWare. It's BioWare. That's BioWare. That's a different story. BioWare's ship has been sinking for quite some time. You know what? I think they can save it. Dragon Age 4 needs to be excellent. I think they can save it, and Dragon Age is there, like... <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's is their swan it. song if it's it not It better not good. be their swan song. 
That's what I'm saying. If it's not good, it's their swan song. It's gonna be a cry. Foul. It could be their. It could be their fade to black. You know, they're they're retiring, but it it was too good for them to retire. Tour, you know what I mean? Like Jay Z's, like yeah. If it's really good, so you know, but it depends. Um, also, buy like EA makes too much money on that and like on Bioware IPs. And I don't think EA is trying to get out of the open world yeah. RPG world I think, anytime soon. I, I think EA... You might see that company completely restructure if this game is bad, but I don't think they're in danger of EA's biggest problem, honestly, the, the EA's biggest issue is mm. that they are so... They are so laser-focused on their tails. They are so laser-focused on making a game that they can sell stuff after the sale. Like mm-hmm. FIFA, like Madden... All those things that like they are underserving an entire subset of gamers who like Anthem could have been excellent had they just focused more on making a good game and not trying to make a game they could monetize, you know? Well, I was going to say also like like on to your point, all these games, even if they'd fail, EA makes too much money just on FIFA and Madden alone to worry about anything else. Yeah, well... Not for long. I mean, those games have been like they still sell well, well but at, at a well, certain like point, Madden, at a certain like point FIFA though, it's not enough. So well. But at a certain point, it's not enough. When EA as a company, like, think of all the money they've had to invest into Battlefront Two. Think of all the money mm-hmm. they're going to invest into Anthem just to bring it back. Like they are digging these holes, and then they're trying things. to fill them with money, with the money that they thought they could earn. Instead, they're spending it to try and make good. I think you know. I just don't to, think they're in as bad of a place as they're people not. Make no, they're not. Decisions. They're not in a bad place. But let me tell it to you this way: they should be in a much worse place than they are. For sure, they should not um, be where they are right now, where they can just sweat this stuff off and just be like, "It's no big deal. We'll fix it." I was no, having this conversation not with somebody okay. else the other day, and they were trying to say, like, point out Battlefront, like not Battlefront, Battlefield flopping, and I was like, "Well, not for nothing. Battlefield has sold well, but it's never been the like." blockbuster seller people think it is i feel like on more ends battlefront is more of a like tech demo for their engine than anything it's like look this is what it can do you know what i mean yeah did you cut out chris no no i I was listening to yeah no i yeah i don't know so like that's why i feel like there's always a battlefront game i feel like it's easy and i want to say easy but it's like relatively easy for them to make it, it yeah but it's like god it's just i wish they would just like like ea just needs to take a year to f- discover themselves again because like ea uh-huh. used to be a lot of people you know when ea was arguably at their worst in like the early 2000s in like the 07 06 era you know and like they were like hey you know what we have hit rock bottom they mm-hmm. came out of that and they made mirror's edge they made dead space they made these exceptional single-player experiences. It wasn't Madden that saved them. It wasn't FIFA that saved them. It no. was, hey, we came back well, and we made chances. these... they took chances. They took risks. Yeah, <laughs> and we made these innovative, exciting games. And you know what? Mirror's Edge, it just didn't strike the chord with people. But that's okay. Not every game is going to win. Look at Anthem. Anthem sold a lot, but how many people are playing it? How much money did you invest in that game to just see all these players leave it? Like... 
that game had less of a tail than Mass Effect, which is a single-player game. You know well, what I mean? That game also had all the hype, and it had the people willing to play. I don't even think it had the hype. I think people were justifiably nervous about it, and I think probably most of their I'm just players from were the coming from the initial trailer, and then the more they showed about of it. I don't think Anthem looked good from the start, dude. Like, I, like, that trailer, you could tell it was fluff. That first trailer they showed was the biggest load of bull because like no, you talking, could tell how gameplay fake that trailer. Was. I'm talking about the like animated trailer when they announced it. People didn't play video games it was like yo. Did you see that new game that looks like Star like Destiny and it, like it was like people would wouldn't stop talking about that game. And then I, don't know, I feel like a lot of people forgot off. about Anthem and EA had to keep reminding people because mm-hmm. all it was is oh that's that Iron Man game. Yeah. Like, mm, I don't know. Anthem never quite looked right. And then like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm wrong for this. Cause I wrote the thing when I played the beta and I was like, yo, Anthem is really fun. And then like, when I got into the game and it was just that, and you realize that there's no grand story going on. There's no like in- really engaging loot. And it's just like, oh, I already played enough of this game in the beta. I've played more of the beta of that game than I have the game itself. Can, and also, can I say another dev that needs to go find themselves? What's that? Unpopular opinion. Ubisoft, go find no, yourself. No, you're right. They are, I don't know what's going on. These big AAA publishers, Ubisoft, EA, and Activision, they all need to just go out. They need to get on a boat, go to the ocean, and go fishing. Activision for like a year. put out something. No, Activision hasn't like put out anything but Call of Duty. You're thinking of Sekiro, but that's not them. They're, they, they, Activision has they, no they publishing. They just published Yeah, that. they have nothing, dude. Name one Activision game that isn't Call of Duty. I don't know. I'm yeah. Just, I don't know. I'm, I'm just... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, but, uh, no, but that's what I'm Call saying. Call of Duty you know? ended up being better than I yeah, expected. And, and, so. Yeah, and, and that's fine. Props to them, you know, to Infinity War for doing that. Infinity uh, Ward, but like, dude, like Activision, just what? Like, all I see is Sekiro on Call of Duty. Right, that's honest. the thing. It's like, what? What's their strategy? I'm on and their then, website, and then the crash, and it's like racing. Call of Duty eighty five percent, and then I see CTR Racing yep. and Spyro, and King's Quest. Yeah, and, and th- their biggest like, money maker yeah. is the fact that they own Candy Crush. Like Activision, Ubisoft, and EA, they need to find themselves. They need to like. They need to start doing yoga together and talking it out and just, like, hear each other. And, like, maybe if they hear EA say it, Activision's like, wait, that sounds real Just bad. go give some you money know? to some indie devs with a crazy idea and just fund some crazy shit. If it fails, you got the money, but the problem is you keep making bullshit and Dude, you stop having I'm the money. I'm just saying, with how successful Resident Evil 2 Remake was, if mm-hmm. someone at EA isn't saying, like, we need a new Dead Space... Something's wrong. If they're not coming out at EA Play this year, one, they're sure as shit better be Titanfall 3. Because if I don't get another fucking Titanfall game, I'm going to be pissed. Because Titanfall 2 was exceptional, and it's EA's fault it failed. Because they released it between Battlefield 1 and Call of Duty. That's their well, fault. Well, I feel like, yeah, that's a thing. I feel like they realize, like... Specifically speaking, uh, what the fuck is the battle royale they they put Apex. out? Apex. Has if there wasn't if there was some love lost with EA between between Titanfall and Apex, they earned it all back with Apex. You know what I mean? Not all of it. So, trust me, not all of it. Uh, um, 
But no, I, I, I expect Titanfall three because I know he was hinting at it. No, I'm saying, but, I'm saying, I'm saying specifically yeah. between, not between players and which I'm saying between. Oh, you mean with like EA between faith in the in EA the, okay, yeah, and yeah. respawn? Yeah. So I feel like I, it, with the success yeah. of what you call, they at least should put out the game they want. And it seems like everything I've seen from Respawn seems like they want to still put out Titanfall. Yeah. So put they out, still haven't sh- they still haven't shut up about put, Titanfall. Put out you another Titanfall mean? game because it sounds like that's what they want to do, and they've been hinting at it since Apex was released. Exactly. And I want more because Titanfall Two is one of the most underrated games of the generation. That game is, which is why I say I don't think they so won't good. like. Like it's like, God, if they had I just understand. given that game a it chance, wouldn't be, they should have pushed. It that wouldn't game be to March if they the found year. a way to fu- if they didn't find some way to fuck something up. But if they looked at their studio, that essentially is like putting them on their back as far as quality goes. Yeah, and was like, no, you can't put out this labor of love project. Well, you know, Vince is heading up uh, EA LA now. He's taking a support studio. He's still working at Respawn. But they they've mm-hmm. tasked him. They've they're basically letting him take the support team that helped them make Star Wars and Apex and stuff. And they're mm-hmm. turning. It's the studio that made the Medal of Honor games, the 2010 Medal yeah. of Honor games, mm-hmm. the really good one, and then the really bad one. Um, I remember. They're rebooting that studio, and he's going to give them a new name and everything, or they're going to figure out a new name, and they're going to make an original game. That sounds cool. So like, I think EA needs to just like turn to Vince and just be like, "Hey, can you take us to the promised land?" Because Listening to Dice didn't do it because then everybody had Frostbite. You know what half of Respawn's success is? The fact that they're not using Frostbite. That's half of it right there is they're not using this bullshit proprietary engine. You know when Madden was good this generation? Right up until they started using Frostbite. Hmm. Madden was actually like the best it had been in a while. And then they switched to Frostbite and those games have been garbage. This year is just barely redeemable. Like, this year is like... I still have the bad taste of 19 in my mouth. But, like, this one is at least still, like, good. It's good enough that I can well, play it. their contract is coming up. And if this says anything, the NFL is talking about being open to the idea of licensing out their IP. Yeah, but I don't, I, I don't trust 2K anymore. With what they're doing to the 2K basketball series, mm-hmm. I don't trust them... I, as far as I can throw them, look at what they did to the WWE games. Look at what they're doing to the 2K basketball games. Like, mm-hmm. that's a joke. You know what I would do? Call up Sony San Diego and be like, hey, are you guys interested in the football license? They're going multi-platform with um, MLB The Show anyway. I don't Let think them so. Make here's a bit the only reason game. I don't... Only reason I don't not trust 2K with it is because... Well, here's the thing. People with... Especially 2K, they wanted the same game. For the one year they tried to do stuff different, people got really mad. I'm at not them. even talking about that. I'm talking about the bullshit mm-hmm. monetization that they have in there. That, like, you need to buy currency to level up your character. Mm-hmm. That's insanity. I mean, 2K, like, let's, let's not pretend. That, you know, mm-hmm. 2K is innocent in this. Like, no, I'm not saying 2K yo, is innocent. Their monetization at least is those some games of are the fun worst in the industry. Some of the worst. It's insane. They have literal slot machines. Mm-hmm. It's gambling. They have gambling in their basketball games. Um, okay. We, we could be on this all night. Uh, we're going to take one more question from chat, and then we're going to call it. Okay? Um, 
Sprawl is asking, uh, what developers do you see being front runners in this decade? Uh, for clarification, do you mean like in the 2020 on decade or last decade? Or do you mean like new generation? Time I, I, yeah, that's those are all so, very different yeah. questions. Well, I, I'm assuming he means from 2020 to like 2030. Okay, 2020 okay. onward. Um, Naughty Dog. Uh, Naughty Dog is a safe bet. Uh, Gorilla uh, Games. Gorilla. Uh, 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 Nintendo. Uh, anything Insomni- Nintendo. Insomniac. <laughs> I think they're in a good place From right Software. Now. From Soft. Uh, Respawn. I think Respawn. Sleep, not... not <clears throat> Low key but high key Capcom if they stay on this stride. Capcom's they've been in on, a good place right now. Capcom's Yo, in a Japanese really good place. developers and publishers right now are doing real Atlas. good. Atlas, yep. Sega, honestly, might Sega. they could be onto something. CD Project Red. CD Project Red is up there. Like, if you were to ask me right now, like who are the top three developers in the industry, I can't mm-hmm. give you an order, but CD Project Red is up there, Naughty Dog is up there. And then I don't know why I'm struggling so hard to think of the third one. A lot of people would say FromSoft. I would I would entertain From Software for that. There's mm-hmm. another developer I'm trying to think. Maybe Nintendo? I said Nintendo. Yeah, but like I'm Nintendo, trying to think of who um, there was somebody that I was like, oh my god, they are absolutely one of the best developers if, out there. But um If you want some other picks for me that aren't like like the obvious choices, I would say uh what you call it? Why am I drawing a blank right now? Supergiant? Supergiant, they, they I just think put they're out just reliable. nothing but quality. Yeah. And, like, what I'm, the only reason I say that is they're ramping up scope of games every time they put out a game. I wouldn't be surprised between Hades and the second or third game from Hades if it's not a triple A quality game. Like, in scope. Yep. You know what okay. I mean? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a crazy one. This is a low key exactly. crazy. Square Enix. I think in recent years, they... Square Enix Square Enix, lost my No, no, no. Trust. Square Enix did the thing that... I, mm-hmm. I think Kingdom Hearts is a, a remnant of an old age. I think Square Enix did the thing where they took the step back. They went out in the ocean. They sat on the boat and they went fishing. And they decided, what do I want to be when I grow up? I still love and Square Enix. Back. And they can earn it back. But they lost my I'm just trust. saying, they came back a little bit. You know, Final Fantasy VII Remake looks extremely mm. promising. Final Fantasy XIV is arguably the top MMO out there right now. I think Final Fantasy XV is a little underrated, but, like, I think Square Enix is in a position where they could be making some extremely exciting games, especially if, you know, uh, Final Fantasy VII takes off the way I expect it to and the way they probably expect mm-hmm. it to. It could be insane. Um... Can I also add another tidbit? Sure. IO Interactive. The developers are Hitman. I think they're a team to watch, especially because now they're an independent studio after being released from Square Enix, which I still don't get why Square Enix just said, yeah, you could go and you could have Hitman. Well, they owned Hitman. I think it was their IP. I think they had to. I think they owned it. Um, you know who else? Larian Studios, the guys behind Divinity Original Sin. If Baldur's Gate 3 yeah. can generate no, that, any that's what affinity, I was thinking of. like Larian is exceptional. It, it, world building, mm-hmm. a character building, they are a, a, a low-key pick. Um, <clears throat> they're real good. Another one that you guys might want to look into, Spiders. If Spiders 
just ramps up quality from Greedfall and just keep... If they can follow the path of The Witcher and by the time the third game for Greedfall comes around, which they've already said they've started working on Greedfall 2, I would say that's another studio to pay attention to. I'm trying to keep it strictly to studios instead of publishers because if you're talking about publishers, you could say like Warner Brothers and stuff. But what else? I mean, like, um, when I say can, Sega... Can I'm we throw like in some studios I think are going to kind of flop? I mean, we can. Doesn't hurt. I think I think this might be... <laughs> we're going to start seeing Bethesda flop. I, I was just going to say Bethesda. It's going to be really interesting. I think the Skyrim and Fallout luster is kind of wore <clears> off. And they're really trying to ride that coat wave and it's, like, not working. No, I, I think it's going to be real interesting to see what... Uh, which we'll call it turns into uh, Starfield, because if mm. Starfield comes out and kind of flops, that's gonna be disastrous for them. Um, not that I, not that I feel like they need it, but uh, Valve. I feel like this is a big make or break time, especially like game wise for Valve. I don't know. I, I think if Valve gets not serious about development again, I think they could be a low key hit. Um. I, I do too, but I feel like it's a pivotal point where it could go either way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think Obsidian is in a good position. I think Obsidian's they're another positive in a great one. Position. I think like Outer Worlds, like uh, unfortunately, I haven't really had the desire to go back to it in a while, and it's just like uh-huh. it kind of ran its course for me. But like I really enjoyed that game. I like a, their isometric RPGs and stuff like that. Like I think Obsidian. I'm not like super into their other like survival game that they're making. But hey, I could be wrong about that. But like. They're a developer. Definitely keep an eye on them. Like they're, they're out there. Um, I think Paradox is also going to be a studio to watch. Paradox. For. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, I think they're gunning for the Firaxis crown. Mm-hmm. Yo, I, all right. This is going to sound a little biased. They're supposed to have a new original game out that isn't Destiny in you know by twenty twenty five. Don't sleep on Bungie. Bungie is in a I'll really good place right game. now. I'm just not in. I'm no, just no, no, no. I'm, I'm not even talking Destiny. Call, but I'm, I'll check I'm, out. Des- I'll check out another game from. I am just I like saying, Bungie. like Bungie, I think is in the best place they've been probably since like Halo. Like you know, Can't, Halo Three. Like even that was pushing it. But like Bungie is in a really good place right now. I feel like with the leadership they have there, with the cadence mm. of content, like that game is in a really good place. Uh, and I think they, they are someone, if they can come out and keep the momentum going with destiny, whether that's more expansions to destiny two, whether that's destiny three, whatever that turns into, if they can keep that going and then release another successful game on top of that, like Bungie could be one of the biggest developers and publishers in the business. Um, not wrong. And if I can highlight one publisher. Keep an eye Can on... Can I highlight uh, three when you're done? Yeah, keep an eye on the New Bloods. Uh, they're putting out mm. a lot of, like... They're publishing a lot of, like, old-school-styled games, like Dusk, which was one of my favorite games from last year, like a Medieval, which just kind of took the speedrunning stage by storm uh, at AGDQ. So they're putting out a lot of, like, fun, just exciting games. Uh, and they've got a lot... They've got people who, like, really understand and appreciate the types of games they're putting out. <clears throat> so... They're, they're kind of one of those rare publishers. It's primarily indie games, but they're a rare publisher where it's like, you know what? I'm I'm automatically interested when they're attached to it because there's a certain... I have an expectation of what that game is because they are attached to it. 
You know what I mean? Okay, so my couple are, I'd say Frontier, Behemoth. Um, you think Behemoth is going to put out something new anytime soon? I, I love every Behemoth game. Pit People, I know, didn't hit home for a lot of people because it was like weird RTS. And it was, I feel like it's harder to sell kind of like an RTS. Not RTS, but like a turn, whatever the turn-based strategy version of that is. To people, especially that kind of like a wonkier cartoon one. And they're probably going to be more back to form with a game that's not Pit People. Because Pit People is like their first flop. Because... Alien, you think Alien Hominid, Castle Crashers, and then uh, the other game they put out. Well, I can't remember. Oh, what you call it? Uh, Battle Block are all really successful games. And Pit People is their like first kind of flop. So I would say, yeah, Behemoth. Well, that's a personal favorite. Um, Edmund McMillan, whatever he's working on, or Team Meat, because they're supposed to be putting out a new game. Would also say... Frontiers, the people who made Planet Coaster and Planet Zoo or whatever. They also made that Jurassic Park game. Yeah, and uh, what was the last one? Devolver slash what you call it. The people who make Hotline Miami. They're supposed to be working on a new game. Oh, uh, one more I want to highlight. Um, Namco, Bandai. Um, Tales of Arise looks real good. And that could be a game that kind of helps put that series a little more mainstream in the way that like a final fantasy is mainstream. Mm-hmm. They like Namco Bandai. I feel like they're in a pretty good place right now. Uh, as far as their publishing and development. Uh, the uh, other one that I did want to highlight as like a one that could be in for a, a rough ride um, for access. Cause okay. I feel like for everything they've done for Civ six, I feel like that game still has not matched what they've done with Civ Five. Doesn't Firaxis also put out XCOM? They do, they do. And like, I don't know. I just feel like there's so many challengers to the crown now for like that Civ type game. Especially with Paradox like coming after with that new game. Yeah. And it's like I don't think like as much as I want to convince myself that Civ Six is like Who puts out Tropico or whatever? Eclipse I'm I'm not I'm not so much worried about them, but I'm not what they're like also like trying to ramp up everything they're doing. It's just more people in the in on the field now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like they are, they're kind of treading a line right now where it's like, they're, if they announce a new civilization game and it's not like, I feel like they need to get a little more back to basics. I feel like there's a lot of mechanics in Civ 6 that for as much as I can enjoy the game when I play it, Civ 6 is just a game like Civ 5. I could play like forever. It felt like. But Civ Six, mm-hmm. I reach a breaking point with that game where it's just like I'm over it and it just doesn't feel good to play anymore because of all the mechanics they have and, you know, they're trying to do new and different things and I respect that. But at the same time, like, it's just, it's not, I don't know. I feel like if these other games that are kind of challenging for that crown really come out and deliver, like, what is mm-hmm. that one? I think it's like Humankind or something. Uh, yeah. that's the one by, uh, paradox. 
Uh, if that game, by the people who made like Endless Legend, if that game could come out and feel good like Civ Five did, then Firaxis is like, they're playing from behind, you know? they mm-hmm. For a while, they were the only game in town, but now there's other developers who are making those games in more exciting ways than they are. Also, I would like to um, see Sins of a Solar Empire too. That's also, Relogic, the people who make Terraria are probably going to be putting out another game. And the people who make, uh, what you call it, Stardew Valley. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what studio that is. I would also say watch out for them. Yeah. And that's about yeah, it. Yeah, that'll do it. We appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you putting up with our Stardew Valley line. guys are Conquered Ape. We appreciate you guys putting up with our uh, little test advertisement in this one. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Thank you guys for your questions and everything. Uh, we'll be back next Thursday to record. Or if you're listening to this after the recording, we'll have another episode next Friday. So stay tuned go. for that. Uh, thank you guys. Also, as all always. feedback is welcome, yeah. guys. Uh, you Let can you can tweet at me at NightmareCV. You can also tweet. We have I don't know if I've mentioned this in a while at official half gen. We have a Twitter. We did it. We did an official Twitter. Tweet at official half gen. If you're not already following official half gen, please do. We got a great community manager running that. Uh, you know, a social media manager running. I was gonna that. say something funny and dumb, but but this is probably another time. <laughs> I was going to say, you could tweet at me, but you're probably not going to get the answer you want. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Uh, But thank you guys for your support. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Later.